0: Ripping around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top mm. Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty Some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it
1: hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is friday may 12th and if you're like me you are in the midst of rookie draft season and guess what we have good news for you Uh, We have another mock draft this time. It will be a single QB uh, rookie mock that we just completed uh, just about 10 minutes ago. We are looking forward to diving into. We're also going to touch on the schedule release. But first, Dennis, I think I am currently in seven active rookie drafts. How about you?
2: I am only in three, but in one of them, I have it's a 16 team, five, five rounds. I have, um, the five 16 is the only pick I have as the defending champion. All my other stuff. Another one. I was deep in the playoffs. I've got a third, a couple fourths and a fifth. The other one I've got some picks I'm, I'm drafting there, but.
1: Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I don't think I take it back. I think I have eight active rookie drafts because I forgot one got paused because there were some uh, some things going on. And I've only completed – I've completed two. So it's – I would like to say I'm almost done with them. But um, if I'm being honest and my wife's not listing, I'm less than halfway through starting those. Matt uh, is with us as well. like five or six already though. How many uh, active rookie drafts do you have going?
3: zero i don't have any going
1: oh well i'm sure some are coming for you
3: yeah probably
1: i'm paying that that close attention
2: it's because he traded all his picks away and won championships
1: well the good news, Yeah, yeah yeah the good news for you is you're pretty familiar with this rookie class you don't have to do a lot of preparation that is very true
3: that part is true yeah yeah
1: Well, the uh, biggest piece of news that's come out this week is the NFL unveiled its full uh, 2023 schedule. That came last night. A couple of interesting things here. Teams are allowed uh, to play more than one thursday night game and the opening night game and thanksgiving do not count so it is possible i didn't check to see if it happened to anyone that somebody could end up on three thursday night games they also decided to job the jacksonville jaguars who are going to become the first team ever to play back-to-back games in london just for the fun of it Uh, a couple of germany games going out there also we have three different Monday night football doubleheaders and in each case those doubleheader games will be going on simultaneously for the most part with one on ESPN kicking off at 5:15 Eastern and then a traditional 6:15 Eastern kickoff on ABC those are ABC exclusives we have more Saturday games we have a whole bunch of other things going on so what's uh what do you guys think of the NFL schedule? Anything uh, stand out to you? Yeah, it didn't seem like there was a a real.
2: You have to get this guy for the playoff stretch. Other than Derrick Henry playing Houston twice, you know, last year there was you know everybody. It was it last year everybody was all on Montgomery. You know, this year it's it's a little bit like well all right, Cincinnati's playing Kansas City and whatnot. Well, Cincinnati's going to score a lot of points no matter who they play. So it's not like you were considering sitting Jamar Chase or T.A. for that massive problem.
3: Yeah, I mean nothing major stood out for me. A lot of great matchups in week 17, so should hopefully make for like a really fun uh fantasy football finals, but outside of that, I mean, I didn't I didn't dive too much into it. I mean, it's one of those things where Right now, it looks like everybody's going to be able to make it to the playoffs. Let's get through preseason and into the season, see who's actually available on these teams and what actually happens, and I'll kind of worry about it. But I I definitely like the doubleheaders on on Monday night. That is one thing that I do find really cool, Um, mostly because it feels like sometimes on Monday nights we get some pretty bad games, and so hopefully one of the two will be good when that happens, and I'll be interested to see I'm, I'm, I'm. Kind of excited about the Black Friday game. I mean, as a, as a massive college fan, like I've always had football to watch on Friday nights because I'm watching college football rivalry weekend. So I don't remember what. It's only one game, right? For the NFL, there's more than one yeah, on Black Friday. Were-
1: Three on Thanksgiving, one on Black Day, and then they're going to have a majority of their slate on Christmas Eve with three games on Christmas Day, which uh, they started that last year, kind of a, uh, it was on a Sunday last year, though, so it made sense. That had been a place where the NBA had tried to set up, and uh, RIP NBA. we also get a full set Sunday on New Year's Eve, which had been a big college bowl game day, but it looks like they only have the one game on. They moved it this year yeah. because they knew the NFL.
3: Well, that's going to be interesting. And I mean, I, I know we're now we're talking a year out, but uh, they're going to run up against the college football playoffs with a lot of the stuff that they're doing based on what they've art Cause the college football has already released what their playoff games are going to be for the next two years yeah. uh, before they move into a lot of other shifting stuff so yeah it'll it'll be very interesting but like i said i'm excited for a black friday game and i'll still be watching all the college football rivalry games but it'll be nice to have an nfl game on as well so.
1: so i think the big thing that always usually impacts uh fantasy players the most is the bye week schedule bye weeks don't begin until week five there are actually no buys in week eight um which just felt a little random to me. And there are six in week seven, which ought to be uh, spectacular, including the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Jets, uh, Texans, Panthers, and Titans also off, but those are the three probably bigger fantasy ones. Then there are none in week 12, which is Thanksgiving week, which is typical, but week 13, which is now kind of that last week of the regular season for many fantasy leagues, they have six teams on a pie, including the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Giants. So doing you no favors if you're trying to make it into the fantasy playoffs. They only have two teams on by in week 14, which is going to be usually where playoffs are starting now uh, for the people that are trying to avoid that week 18. And that is the uh, Commanders and Cardinals, which actually felt a little bit better to me. Um, felt like yeah, two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, Two years in a row, you lost Jonathan Taylor for the first week of the playoffs, so this feels like a little bit better, um, but did you guys have any uh, thoughts about bye weeks, just the thing we're going to have to live with? The week 13, seeing the teams that they had punched out and that there's six of them felt a little bit cruel. Yeah, that's that's going to be a challenge. Like
2: Most playoffs, unless you're running two-week playoffs, are, are going to go weeks 15, 16, 17, but... That's better, I think, than what last year it was the final game of the season where they had, what, didn't they have six teams on a bye in week 14 last year? Yeah. So, it's a little bit better. And, and then, theoretically, the teams they have on a bye in week 14. So, you know, it's tough to, you know, if you're you're trying to mention, you've got Lamar and Andrews and Allen and Dick. Eggs and
1: and and Kirk. All right. Well, uh, you have plenty of time now to pour over. And my favorite thing about the schedule being out is. I haven't done it yet, but when I'm up there and have been told I'm going to be watching romantic comedies tonight to spend quality time, I will also have my laptop up playing out the NFL schedule predictor so that I can get my first wave of playoff predictions. So Very nice. You're welcome, America. Uh, let us turn to our mock draft. So we did a four-round uh, four uh, mock draft, uh, one QB this time um so you know not seeing a lot of quarterbacks go in the first round a shock of all shocks Bijan robinson went 101 then we saw jsn at two i got gibbs at three which i was pretty excited about i wish that would have happened in my actual draft uh then quentin johnson at four jordan addison at five zay flowers at six so uh i'll start with you matt any surprises there in the top half of the first round uh, are we talking like through the Zay Flowers
3: pick? Yep. The the first of you? No, no not really. Um, you know, I probably am taking, I don't know. I think Gibbs and JSN are interchangeable, but outside of that, I feel like that's probably close to what it's going to be. Uh, I feel like QJ and Jordan Addison are probably interchangeable as well. There, whoever you like more. I personally think Zay Flowers should be the fourth of, of those four wide receivers. Uh, but I, I think that's probably more than likely going to be your top six going in some order uh, in a one QB draft.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it was kind of telegraphed with our, our, our friend there drafting it too. Uh his handles JSN to Seattle. So uh, I think we could have saw that one coming, but I, I think probably in, seven or eight out of 10, one QB drafts. We're going to see Gibbs go at two. Um, Johnston has been, you know, he's been going later um, towards the end of this first group of wide receivers in a lot of drafts Addison, because of his landing spot and a seemingly clear path to targets has been going higher, but I, You know, Quentin Johnston is my type of wide receiver. I don't mind him going at four.
1: So I think uh, the first kind of interesting pick here in the first round, Dennis, you're up at 107, and you went with uh, Dalton Kincaid. What was your thought process there? So I'm not drafting tight ends. However,
2: um, in the ADP pretty much, Kincaid is going up there at the 107-108. And as I sat there, I thought, you know, it's a mock. It's not like I have to actually own this team. And and so I kind of went with where the ADP was going. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about they're going to use him in the slot. They're going to run more 12 personnel. Now, I don't know that that moves him up the target totem pole past you know number four maybe but Dawson Dawson Knox isn't going to just go away he's a reliable receiver better blocker than Kincaid um you know we may be you know we're all looking for the next Mark Andrews and right now Dawson or Dalton Kincaid is that guy for us we'll see if it happens I I don't I'm not opposed to people taking him there. Like I said, I'm not typically doing it. But since this was a mock and that's how the ADP has been, uh, I decided to go with him there.
1: So, the kind of the rest of the first round, we saw Devin Achain go at 108, Jonathan Mingo. 109 Matt gets Kendra Miller at 110 Zach Charbonnet at 111 and then Big Cat gets Michael Mayer at 112 to round it out Matt uh were you happy with getting Miller there and what did you think of the end of the first round
3: yeah I mean Miller is it, I was between Miller and Mayer after Ah Chain went I assumed he probably wasn't gonna make it back to me at the the 110 spot but those were the three that I would have uh, gone with. I mean, again, I, I think this is probably the way you're going to see. I, I, I mean, I get, I get what Dennis said on him taking him at the ADP. I don't understand why people are taking Dalton Kincaid that high. Maybe I'm just not in on Kincaid. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't under. You can say all you want, but I always forget what the offensive coordinator's name is now at Buffalo because it's not Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is not a very – he's not someone I'm trusting running an offense. He's not that intuitive. He's not that creative. They can tell me all they want that they're going to be running Kincaid in and out of the slot, and that's fine. He's still going to be probably number three in that offense behind Stefan Diggs and more than likely Gabriel Davis when they're not running the ball. And I just – he's not a good blocker at all. I, I don't know why they, we just assume he's going to be this smash tight end. So in a one QB league, I'm not – the the tight end I want is Michael Mayer, and I think he went in the right spot or early second round. I don't get the Kincaid this high. Um, and I think personally I'm taking Achain Mingo, Miller, and probably even Charbonnet, and I don't necessarily love Charbonnet because of the landing spot with, with uh, Walker. All over Kincaid. And then I'm probably going the tight ends at the back of the end, back into the first. So, Charbonnet, I mean, I might take a shot on some. I probably would have taken Josh Downs there or Michael Mayer, maybe even Anthony Richardson, who I know again, it's a 1QB league, but he's the 1QB in this class and probably next year's class as well, as much as I like Caleb and as much as I like Drake. Uh, A. Rich is probably the only one that really has that shot to finish as like a top three, like he'll be able to challenge Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes for QB one. That still matters in one QB league. You know, CJ Stroud, who I end up taking in the second round, he's not going to change that much for you in, in a one QB league. So I, I, those guys I'd all take a little bit higher than they win, especially Downs and Richardson. But I mean, outside of that, again, I think this is kind of chalky for a one QB. <laughs>
1: Well, and you see uh, Eric uh, popped up and said that he felt sniped with the Kincaid pick. He was at 109, uh, so just a couple back of Dennis. But I'm glad you mentioned Richardson. Richardson goes at 201, first quarterback in this draft. But I believe, uh, Dennis, you said you had considered taking him with your pick.
2: I did. When I was looking at at the
1: 107 and I was debating,
2: you know, taking Richardson in the first and a 1QB is a – it's an upside play. You could end up, it could be a total washout or he could end up being a good player. But I I just, it was, and I looked at Kendra Miller as my other option there. Those were really the three. Um, I I felt like if I didn't take Richardson at the 107, I certainly wasn't going to get him at the 207. And Honestly, in a one QB league, I'm probably not ready to draft um, Young or Stroud at the 207 either. I just don't think that's good value for them. So, but I think, you know, Richardson, you know, John Hanson's been saying it on um, his show on Sirius in the mornings. If he hits, he has the potential to be the best fantasy player ever. It's a big if, but that's what the potential is.
1: Yeah, and in a similar, in an actual um, rookie draft I just did today, I was sitting at uh, 110, and I ended up taking Richardson because I have space on a taxi squad, and I have a guy I can start this year. Just for what you said, because the upside is there. So it seemed like a good value there going at the beginning of the second round. Kind of as Matt said, he would have considered him there at the end of the first as well. Um, after Richardson goes, we saw Rashi Rice, uh, Marvin Mims, and Josh Downs all go. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. What do you think of those uh, receivers? that be kind of the next group for you?
3: Yeah, again, I'd, I'd take Josh Downs over Rice and Mims. Uh, no, I mean, Mims, actually, I'd take and Mims over Rice. I think Rice is getting pumped up due to the landing spot. It's CEH all over again just with the wide receiver position. I don't necessarily think Rashi Rice is that talented. And and this is not at all a shot at my best friend Patrick Mahomes because I do love the guy. He He's an amazing person. But... We haven't necessarily seen him raise the floor of his receivers outside of really Travis Kelsey. So I don't know why you take why you would take Rashi Rice and then expect him to be probably better, in my opinion, than a wide receiver three. Like I kind of view him as that in that offense. I just don't think he's gonna be that good. I think Marvin Mims has a better shot to outproduce him with, with the I mean, Cortland Sutton is, in my opinion, ever since the knee injury, really kind of struggled to get back to that dominance. Judy is only technically left with the Broncos for one more year. And if we trust Sean Payton and what we see. They did did.
1: pick up his fifth-year option for reasons for best understanding.
3: Yeah, so next year, right? He's only got one more year left on his contract.
1: Right? This is year four for him.
3: Yeah, so after next year, he's gone. Yeah. One more year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, so technically two, I guess, if you're counting this. I meant like, after next year, he's gone. Uh, Tim Patrick obviously has been signed and he'll be there for a couple more years, but it could realistically be Marvin Mim's job within a year or two. So he, I also just think he's a better player than Rasheed Rice. And then Josh Downs is the best of this group. Uh, I understand that he's small and I do have a little bit of fear of him being paired with Anthony Richardson, just because while I know Ricky Pearsall in college was his best target, who also played a lot out of the slot. He was also by far the best receiver on that team. Anthony Richardson is a guy who I think needs those. Uh, you know, Felix, who was in the comments, I don't know if he's still watching, has said a guy like Richardson will thrive with those big targets. Well, he's got two of them on the outside and Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. And if you go back to Shane Steichen's time with the Chargers to the time he's been with the Eagles, he's always featured his outside wide receivers. It has never been the slot. So I think that's exactly who's going to get featured in this offense. So I am a little bit worried about downs, but. It's not enough to fade him, in my opinion, past Mims and Rice because the talent that he has is far superior than Rasheed Rice and Marvin Mims.
2: Yeah, Rasheed Rice, it just feels like Sky Moore all over again. You know, we're we're all going, hey, he landed with Patrick Mahomes. He's got to be great. I I think there's something to his game. I just don't know that it's going to be this year. It feels like Mahomes is the type of player – that because he does improv- improvisational stuff, you have to play with him for a couple years.
1: So after the receivers, we get a run of three running backs. Roshan Johnson, Tyje Spears, and then Dennis, you end up getting Tank bigsby so i'll start with you it seems like these have been kind of that next group of running backs what do you think of the backs going here and were you happy that you got bigsby or a little bit bummed? i'm happy i'm a bigsby guy i you know
2: he was one of the top backs in yards after contact because that auburn offensive line led a lot of defensive players into the backfield there at auburn um you know spears He's a classic hashtag two to three year window guy because of that knee. Uh, I don't know. I I see a lot of people wanting to compare him to Frank Gore, who tore up his knee and then played for twenty years. I I don't know. It feels more like Jay Ajayi to me, but we'll we'll see what happens. And honestly, if if it, if I had had the choice between Roshan and Bigsby there, it would have been a coin flip. I am a Bigsby guy, but. One of the things I want to dig into a little more is like how athletically comparable are Roshan and David Montgomery? You know, Roshan ran the high four fives. You know, he's a bigger back. I, I think he brings a lot to the table and has the ability to be a three down back. But much like Dave Montgomery, doesn't necessarily have the explosion uh, or the long speed. I have to look a little closer at like the 10-yard split and see does he have a little more explosion um but I like Bigsby I think Bigsby landed in a good spot I think his skill set and Travis Etienne's skill set complement each other and Doug Peterson wants to use multiple backs and we saw Jim, uh not uh yeah Jamichael Hasty um getting run last year so uh, I'm pretty comfortable with Bigsby as probably a flex play uh, going into this year, and if anything happens to ETN, he could get
1: more. You have any thoughts about the the backs, Matt?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't love this range at all. I really think <laughs> it, I really think it kind of drops off after downs. If I'm being honest, I, I also do like Tank Bigsby. Uh, we've just seen. Peterson's offense ever since he he was in Philly even before that when I think it was he the the offensive coordinator helped with the Chiefs like he's always had this two back set and and I do think Bigsby compliments ETN fairly well I think he's going to be pro. I, I already have a bet in the books that Bigsby has a better rookie season than Roshan Johnson I personally think Roshan Johnson is a glorified passing back I, I know he shows flashes But it's never been consistent, and I just don't think that he's that talented of a back. Now, granted, he does have a, I guess, probably a better opportunity. But I do think that Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman are, they're not super talented backs, but they are good. I just, I, I don't see the... I think Roshan's getting propped up because of the landing spot and everybody keeps saying, Oh, well he's going to be that fourth round back that everybody wants this year. Like Damien Pierce. I just don't think it's as wide open as it was. It was for Damien Pierce. I think he's getting boosted up a little bit too much because of that. I don't think he's uber talented. Tajay Spears, I mean, Dennis mentioned that he's a two to three year back. And I think you're actually betting on years two and three because I still don't think he's going to be touching the ball that much with Derrick Henry. Uh, I would not. I I don't know who's comparing him to Frank Gore. uh, But you guys got to stop comparing these players to borderline Hall of Famers. Uh, There's only been one of one Frank Gore and it's Frank Gore. You don't see players go out there. Who have no ACLs and shredded knees and continue to produce. It's very hard to do that. Frank Gore is one of one. So I would not make that comparison. Uh, I think if you're drafting Tajay this early, you're betting on the downfall of Derrick Henry or an injury for him to do something. Cause I just, I don't see him having any value as long as Henry's healthy.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, I mentioned I've done quite a few rookie drafts. and I don't know where he's been falling for you, but I've seen people even going for Spears at the end of round one and I, I tend to and feel more like you and you know? all. Yeah,
3: it's Darrington Evans all over again. I mean, for those people who remembered him, I was he out of Appalachian State? I don't remember where he was yeah. out of, but yeah. I, I, everybody was taking him early because he was going to be the receiving down back to Derrick Henry's hammer roll and Darrington Evans is now a YouTuber and Twitch streamer. Like, it, it's I, look, I've been Derek Henry. We've done this. I think
1: technically he's still we, on the Bears, too. <laughs>
3: we ha- Is he? I didn't know that. I, I actually want, like, he's very good at what he does. I'm not trying to knock him for being a YouTube dude's, like, making money off that. He's very good at what he does. I, I, that was not meant as a knock if it came off that way. I We're almost at, like, 600 shows. I would say probably for 500 of them. I've been a Derek Henry hater and telling you that he's going to downfall every single year and he's yet to do it. I don't think this is the year he's going to do it either. So, like, I just, I, I don't personally, like, I guess in this range, it's not bad. There's a couple players I'm looking at after him I would have taken. You're not, not letting him fall into the third round. So, like, I get the bet here. I just, I don't think you're going to get this amazing value from him.
1: Well we finished out the round We got a couple more quarterbacks Bryce Young went right after the running back run Then we got Jalen Hyatt uh, You took C.J. Stroud as you mentioned earlier Sam Laporta, the third tight end off the board Goes at th- at 11 And then to close out the round An interesting player in uh, Cedric Tillman Which is a guy, I don't know about you But in the rookie drafts that I've been in He is going, his value is just bouncing everywhere I know on draft night, Matt you weren't in love with his landing spot. Do you like yeah. this spot for him in rookie drafts, or would you prefer to take a bet on him later?
3: It's fine. I mean, he he falls in that pool of players that I think are, are right behind him. It really just depends on what you're looking for. Again, he's got the shot. I mean, I don't disagree. When we did our draft stuff on Campus to Canton, we had uh, Mike Valerie, and I want to say Corey. I don't know if Corey was on with this. When, when, I know Mike was. And you got Mike, and I believe uh, who else was on with this? Was it Alfred, Barnabas? Mm-hmm. Two of them are disagreeing with me, and I don't remember who. I know Mike was one of them, and, and he's very smart, so he's probably gonna end up being right. But like he, I just view him and DPJ as fairly similar, but I think DPJ is more explosive going downfield. And if that's the role that they want Tillman to do, I don't think he's gonna be able to beat out DPJ at least right now. And I just don't know what that offense is going to look like. I get they got Deshaun Watson, and I do think Watson will bounce back, but Kevin Stefanski has never been this super pass-heavy guy. And I know he keeps saying they're going to do that, but until he does it, I'm not going to believe it. I think they're still going to rely on on Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and that top offensive line and let Deshaun Watson pass it when they need it. So I just don't see Tillman's value being that high, but again – I don't know who you're really taking over him. so like, I don't think it's a bad pick at the end of the second round.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like they're going to throw more than they have historically because Watson is the best quarterback they've had in the Stefanski era. Now it'll all come down to what kind of success Watson has. If he plays like he was in Houston, where he was a top five fantasy quarterback and he's putting up those numbers, and and they're winning then I think Stefanski will be okay kind of riding that and justifying the 253 million guaranteed but if Watson struggles it's going to be the Nick Chubb show and that's going to really close that then it becomes you can start Amari Cooper and that's pretty much it. it you know it'll be Elijah Moore Donovan Peoples Jones and Cedric Tillman. And you're going to be playing whack-a-mole trying to figure out which one of them to put in your lineup that's gonna do something on any given week. Does the Tillman pick is it foreshadowing the end of Donovan Peoples Jones next next year? It could be. You know, like you said, they're pretty similar players. So that that could be really what it is, is just filling the pipeline.
3: Yeah, and I mean, another thing with Tillman is you're, in my opinion, almost taking a a zero from him this year because I don't think he's going to come in and beat out DPJ right off the bat. And Amari Cooper is locked in as the one, and they're not putting Tillman. Cooper Cooper might go in the slot a little bit. He has been in there. But I don't think they're moving him or DPJ into the slot permanently to move Tillman to the outside. So, again, he's going to be at best the third or fourth receiver in not a high-volume passing attack. We're not talking about the Chiefs. So you're probably – Taking a zero from him this year and then hoping he becomes a starter for the Browns next year.
1: Now we move on to uh, to look at the third round, and probably in this draft more so than in some other recent years, it feels like uh, once you get into this stage, you're kind of looking for those end-of-the-bench lottery ticket guys or if you have a taxi squad. So I'm going to read off the third round, and then, Dennis, I'll let you start uh, if anything jumps out. But we got Luke Musgrave at 301, fourth tight end off the board. I like the pick of Zach Evans there, a player I've more up to later in drafts at 302. That came right in front of me. But I was actually pleasantly surprised to get Jaden Reed at 303, because he felt like to me a player there that I might actually be able to play that wouldn't necessarily just be an end-of-bench guy. 304, we got Chase Brown. 305, Israel Abanaconda. Uh Three o six, we got Darnell Washington. Dennis, you snagged Dwayne McBride at three o seven. Then we got Sean Boutte at three o eight. Will Levis, fourth quarterback off the board at three o nine. There, Matt, you got Tank Dell at three ten. Then Eric Gray uh, from New York at three eleven, and Tyler Scott, the wide receiver for the Bears, to round out the round. So, Dennis, what uh, what picks stood out to you in that group? So you know we've we've talked a little bit about the Green Bay draft.
2: You know they've they drafted multiple receivers last year they drafted watson dubs and samari torre this year they drafted multiple receivers and they drafted musgrave and tucker craft and i think we're all kind of on board that musgrave is the hayden hurst and craft is the mark andrews and so for us we're looking at it and going great danny too good you can take musgrave now musgrave he's a pretty good tight end this is a pretty good tight end class danny messaged me over on uh um discord and he said you know what he wanted to do was he has a tendency when he's drafted in rookie drafts he wants to spread the draft out amongst the different positions and if you look at his team he went with Bijan, followed up with a rich went with musgrave and then parker washington um I feel that there were probably better options than Musgrave and Washington when he picked, but I'm also good with getting your guy if those are the guys you like, especially in the third and fourth round. Evans is an interesting one because he doesn't seem like he's got that dog in him. You know, his college career, he was a, he was a bona fide stud coming out of high school, and in his college career, he just never seems to be able to hold off the competition even if they're only three stars, and then he goes to the Rams, where potentially he's got a path to opportunity, because it it, it almost seemed like uh, McVeigh was like uh, Cam Akers, I hate your guts, and and so, you know, is that Evans going to be better than Ronnie Rivers? Uh, I don't think they still have Malcolm Brown. I don't know who the hell else is all there. So Evans potentially if. If Akers struggles, Evans has an opportunity. And then I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but uh, Matt Harmon was talking about how he thinks, you know, by the end of the season, we could be looking at Jaden Reed as being the best receiver in Green Bay. And coming from Matt Harmon, that's some pretty, uh, pretty good praise. Like I mentioned earlier, I I considered McBride at the 207. And so when he fell to the 307, that was a pretty easy pick for me. I figured McBride would be gone. um, And I was kind of eyeing Will Levis at the 307. But when McBride was there, uh, there's a lot of chatter going on about Minnesota is going to cut Dalvin Cook after June 1. They're, They're just ready. They're waiting for his injury to be fully healed because you can't cut him while he's injured. And so it's going to be a post-June 1 cut. Once he gets healthy, he's going to go somewhere and play for a contender. And they brought back Madison on a a pretty good contract. And McBride is a a pretty good runner. He didn't catch the ball in college, but I don't know that they asked him to. Um, We saw that with Kenneth Walker last year that he wasn't used in the passing game. But when Seattle asked him to, he, he did an okay job. Maybe we'll see some of that with McBride, but McBride was a pretty dynamic runner. And so with him falling back to 20 307, I was pretty pleased with that. And, and so I passed on Levis.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, so going through the board here, I mean, I wouldn't have taken Musgrave there. Uh, he is a very good tight end. he only played 18 games throughout his entire college career. I and mean, he's just dealt with a lot of injuries not a good blocker, so you're you're solely expecting them to use him as a receiving tight end, and if I'm being honest, I don't think he's better than Tucker Kraft at that. So, like, I I, I don't know that I'd put him... I, I get the comparison of the Hayden Hurst and, and Mark Andrews thing. I, I just don't know that either... because Tucker Kraft is not a great blocker either, so I'm very intrigued to see how Green Bay uses those guys. I love the Zach Evans pick. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know where this narrative has come from that Zach Evans was not productive in college. Like he was very good when he was on the field. The he was beat he was not beat out by Kendra Miller. He left the team because the head coach got fired. If you actually look at what Kendra Miller did, he could barely get 50 yards rushing when Zach Evans was on the field. He was not better than him. Then he qu- didn't necessarily quit the team. He said that he wasn't playing anymore along with, I believe it was 12 other players on the TCU team when the team just decided to fire Gary Patterson said he was not playing anymore. He did transfer to Ole Miss where he openly stated he is not going to be the main running back because he's saving himself for the NFL. That might've been the bad decision because now everybody's hating on it for Quinshawn Judkins playing better than him. I just, I, I don't get the hate for him. I think he's a very, very talented running back. Does he have some off field stuff? Sure. And I think he landed in the perfect landing spots, the perfect system for him as well with some of the outside run zone schemes that they use. Sean McVay is a brilliant mind. He's better than Kyron Williams. He's better than Ronnie Rivers. And at this point in his career, I think he's better than Cam Akers, who unfortunately just seems to I don't know if he's fully recovered from the Achilles tear. I mean, we've talked about it before with Dante Foreman. Like, I think it takes a couple years to bounce back from that because Foreman's looked good, and it took him two or three years to get back to that. So maybe we'll get to see Cam Akers be good in a year or so, but he has been very up and down. I think Evans has a shot to be, I am not going to call him as an RB1 or probably even a a high-end RB2, but could he finish his RB24 or a high-end RB3? Absolutely, because he's a very talented back. I do agree with uh, what you guys have said on Jaden Reed. I don't know that he'll be the best wide receiver in Green Bay that Matt Harmon said, but he's clearly going to be in the slot role. We'll see how well that thrives again. I think the big question you have to have for Green Bay is what Jordan Love is going to be. I think that's the only thing that could hold him back. Outside of that, I mean, I love the pick of Kayshaun Boutte. You know, we, again, we talked about, no, the, we don't, actually know what his injury was. A lot of people in the community truly believe it was an Achilles injury because he had had multiple surgeries on it, and you just don't really have to do that with just a a fractured ankle, which I believe is what some people have come out and said it was. So I I do think it's an Achilles, and if he's able to bounce back to what he was as a true freshman, uh, he's going to be outstanding, I think, in the NFL, and the room is wide open. There's not a single wide receiver in New England, in my opinion, that is better than Kayshawn Bouttey. Uh, And I honestly just took Tank Dell to pair him with C.J. Stroud. I I figured why not try and get the double up there, um, see if that helps me at all. I don't get the Darnell Washington pick at all. Uh, I don't know if you're just going for a high upside tight end, but, I mean, even when he was drafted, he came out and said, I'm coming in to be an extra offensive lineman. I'm very weary of what his actual fantasy value as a tight end is going to be moving forward. I think you're solely hoping on some red zone production.
1: Yeah, that kind of leads us into the fourth fourth round. I'll read off the selections here, and then um, I'll let you start, Matt, uh, with any thoughts. But we got Parker Washington, as was mentioned, goes 4-1. Hendon Hooker, fifth QB off the board, goes at 4 0 I got Xavier Hutchinson at 4 uh, 0 kind of a player I've been um, eyeing as we get to the, the end of drafts. Like you said, not uh, a lot of uncertainty there in Houston's receiver room. Yeah. Uh, so I figured it was worth a shot. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker goes at uh, 404. Then Tucker Craft, who we were talking about, at 405. Dorian Thompson Robinson at uh, 406. The Cleveland. Uh, likely back up there. Michael Wilson, who went to Arizona, goes at 4.07. Evan Hull at 4.08. Sean Tucker, who was signed as a UDFA by the Buccaneers at 4.09. Will Mallory, uh, Matt, you got him at 4.10. Then Puka Nakua at 4.11. And Mo Ibrahim, who I believe went to Detroit, right, as an undrafted free agent, uh, is at 4.12. So, Matt, I'll let you kick it off. Any uh, Anything stand out to you from the final round?
3: It's just a really bad round of players, if we're being honest here. Um, a couple of people, I think, just really great picks. Uh, I mean, Tucker Craft, we already talked a lot about it, so not touch more on that. It's just, It's I think he's got a shot to be a very good tight end. Um, I do like the Sean Tucker pick. I was between him and Will Mallory and Puka Nakua, who literally went all three in a row. Um, again, if Tucker is fine which the reports are then i think he has a chance to be a good running back he's a good receiving back he he's i don't want to say olympic fast but he is a track speed athlete on the football field and knows how to actually play football and if his heart is fine he's going to be able to play for a long time i think that's a great pick in the fourth round uh, I took Will Mallory just solely based on, again, Shane Steichen, the way he likes to use tight ends and, and Will Mallory's upside. We didn't get to see a lot of it in college cause he was injured a lot, but his upside is those of like a Greg Olson, a Jordan Cameron. So I, I just took a bet on that. And then I like the Puka Nakua pick in the fourth round specifically, because again, he's going to a team with a wide receiver room that is wide open outside of Cooper cup. And, we don't know what that offense is going to be this year. So he he might have a chance to be a player that you might actually start at sometimes for the, for the Los Angeles Rams. And, and again, if he doesn't end up working out, then you just cut him next year. It, it's a fourth round pick, but I, I all those picks, I thought were, were very good picks in the fourth round. All guys who I think have a shot to go pretty, or have a chance to produce for you a little bit this year and, and show some of their upside.
2: Yeah round four it's it's like the fantasy football version of powerball uh, you know i had said earlier i i would have taken hutchinson or wilson both over uh parker washington but parker washington is a guy that re, kind of reminds me a little bit of adam thielen and that he's going to come in he's a, he, there's no expectations and he's just a hard-ass worker and he's going to go in there and he's going to play special teams. And when the opportunity arises, we saw it at Penn state, he'll just make plays. Does he have the raw talent? No, to be frank, but a lot of these guys, when they get the opportunity, they overcome that. So when I didn't take Levis, I was holding out hope that hooker might fall to me at the four Oh seven. It's pretty sure he wouldn't. So you know, I resigned myself to another one QB draft where I didn't draft a, a quarterback. Um, Hutchinson would have been my pick had he fallen. I do like Wilson. He's a big guy. He has the to me, he feels like if he can stay healthy, he's 6'4, 212, he's got good speed, not necessarily the quickest, but it feels like Arizona is, you know, just they're in the business of getting out of the DeAndre Hopkins business. And so there's going to be an opportunity in Arizona somewhere in the next two years. And Wilson feels like a guy that if he stays healthy, might be able to take advantage of that. Uh, The Tucker pick I'm torn on Tucker because 32 teams passed on him. But then in free agency, I think he got the most guaranteed money of any free agent. And he landed in Tampa where his competition is Rashad white. So the, the opportunity is going to be there for him. Will Mallory among six or seven drafts I've done so far is the only tight end I've drafted. i drafted him with like the second to last pick in the fourth round of a contract league where there wasn't really, I just I'm like, okay, well, I'll just add a tight end and throw on my taxi squad for a couple years. And we'll, we'll see if anything happens. I've got Mark one more year on Mark Andrews' contract. I just signed David Njoku as a free agent, so I, I could get as many as five years out of Njoku. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I like Mallory's talent. Um, Ibrahim, eh, we've seen Detroit take these un, undrafted free agents like Craig Reynolds, and out of nowhere, they need somebody to play, and they come in and they put up 100 yards. And Mo Ibrahim feels like that kind of guy. He'll be behind Montgomery and behind Jameer Gibbs. And then something will happen and they need him. And you if, if he ends if they're gonna start him or he's gonna be the number two, just know under this regime, you need to get him in your lineup.
1: Have they announced the hard knocks team for this year?
2: Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. But no, I don't no. have HBO,
1: so I don't really follow it. You're missing out. Well, you guys have any other uh, thoughts about uh, rookie draft life?
2: Well, I just want to go ahead and throw a thank you out to Danny Too Good. I think JSN to Seattle is is one. Uh, Tuba Youth, uh, CW Daniels, I think uh, E.K. Wells as well. They are guys from the Dynasty Nerds Give Back Charity League. They took over orphans, and they've been very active and very involved. I just want to say thanks to those guys. We've completed five dispersal drafts. We've got the other league filled, but one of the drafters is kind of out of the loop till the end of the month, so we're not drafting that final one. But uh, so far, we've raised close to $1,200 with just under 60% of the people making their donations so far. So I'm pretty excited. Thank you guys for hopping in the mock and watching the show and helping us out.
1: Well, that is going to do it for us today. We Next week, as I mentioned uh, on Monday, we will be diving into something that we did last year that we had a lot of fun with, which is uh, the unit grades, um, looking at entire groups. My wife
2: grades my unit all the time. It's not pretty.
1: This is the, the second show in a row of TG up for that. I feel like I should be getting us some assist credit. Uh, and as I mentioned, we did clarify this year so that uh, we're doing pass catchers, which will be wide receivers and tight ends. So we don't have any. Uh, Do you hear that, Matt? Bruni. Well, he did that last year, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So no. it's not a, it's not a change for him. It's for you and me. But we will be kicking off on Monday with NFC quarterbacks, and let me tell you, there are some NFC quarterback rooms. If you have followed my pieces from last week on Campus to Canton, that will make you cry. Um, but nonetheless, we will be ranking them one to sixteen. We're doing NFC and AFC. Uh, Groups, So we will be looking at quarterback rooms next week. And it's more than just the starter. It's the depth of the entire room, which matters for teams like San Francisco that collect quarterbacks. Because you know what? They'll end up playing seven of them this year, even though they have a decent offensive line. But Dennis, if people have a low in their rookie draft, well, one of the people just went for a long weekend in Vegas, what can they do? They could
2: go ahead and they can hit that subscribe button so they download it. Give us a listen when we're on playback. We love that. Leave us a five star review. Give us some feedback. Give us a rating and a review. Um, I had something else I was going to say too, but I don't remember what it was. But just keep coming back.
1: And I, you know what? I think all three of us are going to be back together on Monday. Um,
2: yeah. Oh, and they should bring tissues because we're, you know, like you said, it's going to be a, it's going to be rough.
1: Yeah, there are some. There are some dubious depth charts in the NFC. I'm just going to put it that way. Uh, Until then, guys, have a great weekend.